Hello. Hello, my name is Simo Saarikoski. I'm from Finland, 42 years old. You are an artist based in Helsinki. Yes. And we are today in your studio. Yeah. Let's maybe start from the very beginning. How did you even decide to become an artist? Yeah, uh, that was nothing that I was planning when I was young. I didn't plan anything. So in my family, there was no like, uh, we, we were not a cultural family at all. So there was no like uh, examples or, or, or any kind of uh, guidance from my parents or or relatives to to become an artist. It just happened gradually. Of course, I was, for some reason, I was always drawing when I was a kid and drawing things that I interest me and and uh, had an effect. And then uh, uh, when I was about 18 years old in high school, there was one teacher who was a professional artist. He's actually, he's the guy uh, known as Tukulevich. He does the YouTube videos, which are quite popular and weird. You can check it out I will later. check it out. I, yeah. I did not know, yeah. And then he, he came to teach us in one class and me and my friend, uh, Jussi Guman, who's actually a great painter nowadays. He, yeah, lives in Riihimäki and then uh, we and one other friend, Timpa, went to his course and because we made some, some crazy stuff uh, with the video course and then he uh, really supported us to move forward like that you are, you're technically good and you guys do great things that why don't you become an artist and we were more like a, like, uh, what's that? <laughs> and I didn't even know that their kind of art schools and stuff like this exist. Uh, what I, kind of high school was yours? It was like a regular Finnish high school, Lukia. Uh -huh. It was like a really, it has no, here the high schools, they don't, most of them don't have any kind of... Uh, specialty. Specialty, mm. yeah. And we, we were living in, uh, in Purasjärvi, which is... Uh, very small town in north of Finland and uh, on that moment it kind of uh, because I didn't really have any plans or any things otherwise that would interest me so that was kind of the starting point of my career if you want to call it like that yeah sometimes it's very important what kind of teacher we would have uh, yeah sure or if some some kind of a push push or I don't say mentor but something that mm. someone who takes you seriously when you're young and then give you gives you some like a support or some kind of vision that there's other ways also yeah yeah and then you applied where, where did you study I studied in Kankampa art school I don't know if you know where it is I, I have heard the name but yeah, that's pretty much it it's in Satakunta region it's near Pori Mm. And uh, yeah, studied there. And what did you study there? I studied sculpture. So, yeah, and then after that, I haven't felt any particular need to study anymore. And yeah, and I'm quite like a versatile artist. I do nowadays. I do uh, documentary videos or short movies, so to say. I paint with watercolor uh, and I have a strong background in performance art and, and this kind of a... Not too sculptural. <laughs> no. Things that I have done after the school uh, more or less have nothing to do with this kind of traditional sculpture. Uh, but lately I've been also doing some small sculptures also. but. You have some small sculptures yeah, behind you there. there yeah. We will see later. Yeah, but uh, most of the stuff I have doing is actually self-taught myself to do, in a way. Um, yeah, that's that's very interesting because then you can. Of course, it's easier if there's somebody to teach you. But if you teach yourself, you can go into different paths that 
Yeah, but yeah, Might there's plus otherwise. and minuses, of course, on, on that because, yeah, you know, in school you learn things, but you also get a lot of contacts and and with the colleagues and stuff. But I think like nowadays it's quite common also that people do very different kind of things, also like even their. Yeah, now you can, yeah. you can teach yourself so much more because, you know, the internet. Internet, the techniques have become much more cheaper and and something that you can really get into pretty easy. So that has changed a lot, of course. Yeah. And you said you don't have any uh, artists in your family. Mm, uh, did they no. support you when you decided to become one? Not well. How did they react when you talked? Well, them? my father has passed away a long time ago, so I'm basically talking about my mother, and she was just more or less happy that I went to study something. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that we have discussed this a lot, but I mean, like, I have my life and she has hers, so she hasn't tried to stop me in any way. That's already happened. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> You spent some time in Kankampa studying sculpture. Yeah. And then what happened after that? Then I moved to Pori and I lived there for like six years. We we uh, we were doing a lot. We were running a gallery and and uh, doing a lot of uh, performance, organizing events, doing collective work with the Stehdes Collective. And, uh, and then we had this, our own performance group, Messianic Research Center for Visual Ethics, and and we were also uh, we were organizing festivals. Like people from all over the world came to the to Pori to perform, and we were also traveling a lot by ourselves in Europe and U.S. and, and uh, how did you move from sculpture to performance? Well, we started this group already when I started studying and and it was something like i don't know we had a interest in this we were four guys in the beginning and and we all kind of were pretty uh, afraid of doing things in public and and hate and we wanted some how to challenge ourselves i don't know if i would ever come to this without meeting those people because then it clicked somehow and then we started from really from zero and started to we were we were kind of doing first things that were kind of like a want to make like a parody of art and science in the same time and then but it became like more more that we wanted to create a like visual style for ourselves and and kind of a, that there is nothing kind of sacred that we can try to challenge and and do while we were educating people <laughs> it's funny how the the people around you are so crucial to especially yeah. in the younger years to how you develop as an artist, but it feels like so random how you meet those people. Mm, I mean, it's a lot of the things in life are really pretty random. Yeah, yeah. And then you just... But for some people, it, it's like, of course, with some people, you, it just clicks. And then, and now, like, we're still... We haven't done things lately because there's like... Yeah, we're four guys, everyone has their own. One is a researcher in university. Three of us are artists, but uh, we all live in different cities and people have families and stuff. So it's pretty, pretty difficult. Last time we were 2019 in Germany and that's the last thing we have, last time we have worked together. But, but it's some, something like that when you get to know for such long period of time, almost like now it's even more than 20 years and, and then it's like one can start the sentence and next one can continue and the last one can end it and yeah, the and mutual you, understanding then you, is pretty... Then you meet like five years later and, yeah, and you it, just it, start from where you yeah, left. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, but, uh, 
but yeah, so that's the those are the years that I I was living in Pori and, and they were like pretty very social and collective work somehow and my own kind of work was individual work was more or less like in the background but then little time passed and I moved to Helsinki How did you decide to move to Helsinki? Well because I already wanted to change for some time and and then I met my wife who's from Bulgaria and then we who is uh, our guest in the first episode we are and then yeah Laura we met in in Pori and then between 2009 and 12 I was actually spending a lot of time in Sofia and then she when she came here to study in Helsinki it was like obvious that I will also come here and then yeah it's been like 10 11 years already time flies a mm. bit <laughs> or it feels like eh? yeah and yeah and then I started noticing this pattern like that when I was younger I was quite uh, introvert but a lot by myself also but then I went to start to study uh, life kind of sucked me in and then I was really social and and uh, more extrovert meeting people doing things together with people and then as years go by and you get more older then it somehow have changed back to this that I really mm. enjoy being by myself doing my own stuff and maybe when we get really old you're gonna yeah, I don't form know. a group with some other old uh, people and <laughs> who knows would be good because I'm afraid that <laughs> what will happen when I'm older and uh, if I'm like a crumpy old man just sitting in a porch <laughs> but yeah now it's I mean this this studio of course things I do here just by myself but then with this uh, documentary work I've learned a lot quite like like now we're doing I'm doing the thing uh, it's a short movie together with production company and of course it's like it's really good for me because they have like different point of view like these things you don't do by yourself and it's good to really to listen to interact and listen what this producer wants to say and what kind of ideas she has and and what kind of people we need to help to make things better because it's yeah yeah and I guess when it goes most mostly towards film you, you yeah. need other people you yeah, can't do it alone yeah, yeah so then you moved to Helsinki yeah with Laura and uh, but you weren't exactly in this studio no no point. no we're now here in Kontula in East Helsinki in in Kontulan Taiteilija uh, Talo which is like the artist house so we have a flat is just there behind this building and there's like 14 flats and 14 studios here so it's like the dream of the artists kind yeah. of kind of live and your studio is downstairs yeah for some it works for some maybe not for me it works pretty well and I and I like to live here in Kontula I have no I have nothing bad to say really I'm honest oh you don't have to have something bad yeah. to say about it <laughs> oh it's just that for many people this like a yeah, it has the reputation. The reputation, yeah, sure, but it's just uh, whatever. But I, I don't know. I think in Finland, people just don't know what it's like to live badly, <laughs> generally. Well, at least some, yeah, they don't. And they think this is badly here because it's just a neighborhood, but it's really uh, nowhere near. Yeah, it depends on your background, of course, and like this. But most of the Finnish people live in suburbs, so. Pff shouldn't be like a big thing and for some people it's far or something but it's like ridiculous 20 minutes with metro and you're in the center mm. what are you working on right now well right now i'm working uh, with this uh 
this uh, documentary, Abandoned Lands, which has been shot in the past two years in 16 countries around Europe. And uh, it's, uh, it's about abandoned places and environments and also kind of abandoned lifestyles that we are left behind. Lifestyles like what? Like uh, you see a lot, like take for example empty houses in, in countryside, old factories, stuff like this, how it has developed like when the society and technical revolution goes on then some things are left behind and yeah 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 so and I'm and I also like paint and and I think a lot of what I do uh, is uh, is like uh, I'm interested in time how it affects on people uh, in general and in individual people's lives like uh, this series that I'm painting now and doing the sculptures called like shallow time so that's a like a term of anthropologists have made this term they have different terms of uh, uh, like conception of time and shallow time is something that is like artificial thin like something that happens right now and I'm I'm interested, of, of course, not only the past time, but on also this time. What what happens now? Well, how to define it? Is there any way, or, or? Uh, yeah, time is very complicated. It's yeah. very, very, very complicated and in interesting. Uh, I've always been uh, interested in history a lot and read read a lot and and also like try to understand what's going on here right now all with the I mean the topics are <laughs> everywhere around us like social media what it does to us the people what the war the and then then on a little more meta level some scientists say that time doesn't exist true and and I understand. And what is, yeah, like time or life, like people in the East and West have different thinking, like, is it a rounded, is it a, like something that things repeat always the same, or is it just a flat line that there's beginning and there's an end? And I've been thinking also sometimes this, like, I remember when I, um, <laughs> when I was a child and, and I, I lost my faith in, in, Christianity, uh, uh, the Bible and the, the God when I was uh, thinking that this eternal life, this conception of eternal life and I thought that this is like, it's insane, this, <laughs> it doesn't, it's, uh, it's absurd, it cannot be, <laughs> so that dropped, the <laughs> dropped my belief but then also like yeah, let's not go into that, but but it's like... A, but it's funny you know. because there are people who don't believe in God, but they somehow, I don't know if they believe, believe is the wrong, yeah. right word there, but uh, try to convince themselves that there is this eternal yeah, and, you know, realm, or how, how would you call yeah, it? Yeah, but it's like, yeah, what is eternal? And like, we're here living in this planet which will be destroyed latest in around four or five billion years when the sun has become too big so it's impossible yeah. to live here but yeah it's a lot of time and <laughs> and there's a lot of space and uh, and also then going back to this eternal life in a way like yeah sure our life also can be like our conscious is born when we born and it's somehow expected to shut down when we die so if this period between is the only time we understand 
then that's the then eternity. You focus, on, you focus on that eternity. Yeah, and that, that's yeah, that's the eternity for us. Mm. So it's but all in all, thinking about this, it's it's very interesting, and so trying to catch or un, I mean I don't have any answers, but it's like I I like to learn and understand somehow and yeah and, and here we are uh, like dropped here in this time and space that we have and we try to handle it somehow and this is what I yeah also try to handle <laughs> so you try to explain the world the world and the time in it through your practice somehow or, yeah, or, yeah maybe for myself and mm. and I don't like there's no way that I could explain people what this is about or anything like everyone can have their own views about that and I'm not preaching about anything I'm just looking it as I see it and maybe some other people can find it interesting as well do you uh, specifically look in, in in some particular events that happen in the now not or how do you tackle all, that well it's like we talking about like yeah shallow time something that happens right now then of course there's no certain moment or certain event it's kind of mixed of what is left behind what has happened and what we expect to happen so we're constantly like uh, flowing somewhere between mm. in a way so that's that's very that's also interesting so it's a mix of things and events. Do you have some uh, exhibition coming or event where you uh, see your work? At the moment, nothing has been. Uh, there's no or is certain. It, is it still too early to? Yeah, maybe in some way. Well, I hope the the film will be done end of the year or something and hopefully then becomes visible at least in some festivals and stuff but but yeah and well I'm constantly doing and then I think we're next year or end of this year something will be public again I remember when I saw your work last it was in in, in Huto Galeria ah, yeah work. yeah yeah, it was the same kind of um, idea that was I was talking earlier about this Europe, but this was all only been shot in Finland. And yeah, then there were these abandoned houses. There were a lot, yeah, and then I made the music and sound and everything to that. But then at that time by myself, and I wanted to develop this like a, a bit more and do it better. Sixteen countries in in Europe. That sounds exhausting. Well, in a way, was but uh, I had a grant from Konev Foundation, which made it possible to and bought a cheap car and and drove a lot and slept in the car and having the <laughs> camera and stuff with me and yeah, I and and then some extra trips also, but yeah, it's a lot. Some bit bitnik moment. Mm, yeah, it's a lot of driving, a lot of research before, of course, and then. Uh, yeah, I guess you knew where you were driving to. Yeah, of course, I I had to know, but then, of course, these kind of places, like sometimes, you think that something is possible to enter, but then it uh, ends up that it's no chance, and then you live with that. I mean, like, but on the way, you always find also something interesting and then it's it's all also not just the location it's the surroundings and what happens there was there at some point some location that you didn't expect but you just found it yeah, yeah sure there was something yeah this happens you just you kind of your mentality changes that you're looking certain things all the time and certain traces and mm. things and then yeah yeah and you never ask uh, also like sometimes it's uh, uh, the place is there and you know you can enter but it, 
uh, it might be prohibited so you have to wait you have to find the right moment because if you always if you ask you don't get any permission so so my rule is like it's like this urban exploration like rules that uh, uh, like a take nothing leak, leave nothing break nothing I, I don't want to break an entry to places that's uh, I just find a way so you're like going go into these ghost places like a ghost yeah. yourself and, and then just do my thing and, and then leave yeah but this is also like uh, sometimes it can be also a bit stressful but but most of the time I really enjoy it it's like you can feel the time there you can feel the past and you can there's a strange atmosphere many times and you're just there by yourself and and uh, they're like happy moments there are many places like this in Bulgaria well, you've probably been to yeah some of but those. not only in Bulgaria it's, it's all over the world I guess and in, in Europe it depends on of course what you're looking for it's like uh, like in Bulgaria you have uh, for example a lot of uh, abandoned villages factories stuff like that but when you have shot few you don't need that anymore then you you need certain other types other types mm. and then you travel if you want to see tourism you go to places where there's traces of once was once were uh, touristic places and you find them and then for the construction factories you find old villas old uh, what's the most peculiar place you found uh, this like a uh, old kind of amusement parks or water parks or stuff like that they're quite weird and and also uh, in Italy there's I found uh, many quite uh, really really beautiful old villas and like castles that are still frescoes are there even the furniture in some cases and are you sure they're abandoned? <laughs> they are, they are. <laughs> because wow. in that country there's so much of, uh, of course, history visible that they have also like one million places that are still mm. vacant and used. And then the, the ones who have left the history of all of them. But they're quite, uh, quite special places. Also in France there's a lot of these kind. Like very beautiful but in a sad way yeah because there's probably the nostalgia that once they were a bit more alive and now yeah and they also like the different stories of course behind like maybe there's some fight for the who's going to inherit the place and family issues mm, stuff yeah. like this or then just something has happened now we're back in the studio though mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm back here. Yeah, so life is pretty simple. Do you have some special routines in the studio? Some, some. Well, yeah. Things that you do. Well, in a way, yeah. I mean, like I'm more of like an evening person, so I'm much more efficient during the afternoon or evening. So when I wake up, uh, my routine is to have coffee immediately because it takes like usually after I wake up uh, it takes like few hours to get the engine running somehow that I understand like oh. anything where I am and what should I do and so so my routine is to drink coffee to eat something and, and read the news what, what happens now? <laughs> yeah, what happens? What where we are? I'm a bit, maybe a little bit too much of a news chunky also like that. Yeah, I like to follow politics and what goes on, and and then when my need is fulfilled, I start to work. Does it affect your work somehow, or is it just? Well, it might, of course. I mean, there's a, of course, you have to be able to like. To be concentrated on what, you, what you're doing and shut down the other things but for example when the war started it, it, it really had the effect that it was difficult to concentrate and I was uh, 
It's a very big thing, very it big was change. Very and big thing and change and then yeah, very drastic. I mean, like you could obviously see that something is going to happen, but then it was like pretty shocking what actually then happened, and then that kind of for some time it really made me, yeah, doom scrolling maybe, or like uh, really it took the took the concentration away for some time. And that's understandable since Finland is so close to the mm. to the conflict anyway. Yeah. And what has happened happened in Russian society of course it's been like been following that and, and then in the beginning when yeah, when you don't know when what will happen and of course the first thoughts that if they're going to invade Ukraine pretty fast then what will happen and really good that they couldn't do that. Were you, were you at some point thinking that they, they might call you back in the army? Or? Oh, I know some people had those thoughts. Yeah, they had. And of course, I also had to think like for the first time, maybe really in my life that uh, that what would I do if this if something would happen also like here? That, that would I would I be able to been in the army and would I take the gun and have to protect the, the people here and, and I had to be honest to myself and say that yeah I would if, if, if it would come to this. Thankfully it hasn't. No and it will not. <laughs> Fingers crossed. No. Yeah yeah. No probably not. No I probably mean. not. There's no there's no any indication of that at least for for certain time now. Have you ever been in a creative block? Yeah, sure. <laughs> was it was it a similar thing in the beginning of this war now that you were a bit? No, like, oh, it's it's more. What's going on? It's more deep. I have had uh, I have had periods in my life that I have been uh, battling with depression, and that's something that like yeah, it affects everything. Just, uh, but it obviously like creates a quite a big block. <laughs> it's it's difficult. How do you find yourself a way to get out of it? How do you, how do you overcome this kind of a moment? Well, you have to do some kind of. Usually, it's a it's a sign of something. So it's a slow process, but you have to like uh, try to be honest and go on with your like what's going on in your life what things are causing this and do some like self research and, and with time you can climb out there's some things that you cannot have happened or things have went how they have went and you just have to accept it and you cannot change the time you cannot go back you cannot what has happened has happened and then you just deal with it in a way learn how to deal with it and it's okay sometimes to feel bad or or even depressed or or being down it's like it's part of life and then yeah of course and then it would be very very strange if you wouldn't have yeah, those moments exactly it's just like that uh, i know that this will pass yeah yeah would you wish if it would if it would have been possible to go back in time ah uh, sometimes yeah i mean People many times say that uh, I wouldn't change a day in my life, and I would change many <laughs> if I could. <laughs> but that's not possible, and that's like the part of human life that, yeah, you cannot do that. That's the one of the conditions of yeah, this game. Yeah, exactly. But if I could, not just talking about my life, but if, if there would be time machine, they would be very interesting events and places to go and to check out. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of fantasy and sci-fi yeah, and, and yeah. those uh, genres are full of uh, yeah, exactly. movies and books about time travel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and actually scientists say that it's theoretically possible to go back. Mm, could be, yeah. Not in our physical Yeah, form. not in this. Probably. Yeah, but Let's see. <laughs> is the community important for you of people now nowadays? 
Oh, well, it has changed uh, over the time. Like, sure, it is in a way because we're social creatures that we need be other people around us. It's obvious. So still with my old friends from Pori, we, I go around approximately once a month. We go to play together. We have a band and we, that's important for me. And then I, uh, every week I go to play football and and this uh, bandy, Sahlu, I don't know. You, uh, the, this Finnish version of like... Uh, yeah, it's kind of the hockey without the stick, uh, skates or... Yeah. yeah. Hockey without ice. Yeah. Ice, yeah, yeah, iceless exactly. hockey. Yeah, in a way, yeah. But yeah, those kind of things are important for me. First, just, yeah, physically doing things physically makes you feel good, better. And then also that you have this belonging of something. Because if you're just here by yourself, it's like I could be here for days. Just And I have been by myself. I can be a long time by myself. It's not a problem for me. It's I, I always uh, found myself busy doing something or feeling okay by myself, but it starts to alienate from you from people and that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the long run, you need other for people. Sure, for and, sure. and then I kind of force myself into into that kind of community. But but yeah, but but as a work wise I I like being by myself, it's not a problem. Do you go to exhibitions? Well, uh, sometimes, yeah. And it depends, like, uh, when I was working, and I will go back working in National Gallery, and then I didn't want to go to almost any exhibition, because I was... And you're there every day. Yeah, I, I sometimes go, yeah. Not like, I don't follow, like, I don't go to see any, every, yeah. every, every slot, but I, I go. What are some places in, in the city that you would recommend that are for you interesting and, and inspiring to, to visit as a like maybe I, galleries or something? I think it really depends on the exhibition. There's like I, I wouldn't say one place that I guarantee you go, you find it interesting. But of course it's like there's good exhibitions everywhere, also bad exhibitions. I would say that these uh, so-called commercial galleries are like more kind of safe. But then, if you go to this artist-run or independent places, there's like people experimenting more things there, and sometimes it can be very interesting. Let's maybe talk about the studio a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how important it is for you to have your own studio space? Yeah, extremely important. You start to realize then, like. If you don't have one. <laughs> and then during your road trip you didn't have one? No, but I was carrying it with me. The car was the studio and, and the home and kitchen and everything. But but that kind of work, of course, you you shoot things, you have camera and laptop, you can... That's pretty flexible, like this kind of mobile studio. But then, of course, here you put everything kind of together later. Yeah, and, and you can't really do sculptures in the car. No, 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 or something like that. No, no. How big is your studio? Well, this is like twenty-seven square meters. It's a. Uh, it has a lot of la- height, so that's good. And I built myself this kind of. You, you see, there's this sleeping place. Like what is it Post- called in Finnish? Parvi. Parvi, yeah, and then loft. Loft, yeah, and these ceilings I made by myself and stuff. It like, yeah, and there's a. It looks very integrated, like it was always there. Mm. Because there's the bathroom, bathroom, and then on top of that, I kind of extended it, and then uh, I have fridge, microwave, uh, bathroom. Only thing I'm missing is shower. Otherwise, you could really live here. And for me, it's it's like a. Sure, there could be more space, but for me it's quite okay because yeah, I have this computer corner and then these tables, I can move them around and adjust the height and stuff and then restore stuff. So for me it works pretty well because I'm not doing, if I'm painting, I'm doing like something crazy big. And you still have different 
kind of areas for yeah areas and then yeah there's the a library area I see mm, books yeah I can read there or or I can exercise here or just go lie down for a second have a like darken the room and listen to some music or something if I want to have a break what would you say is the most important thing like an in the studio like some sort well I think that it's that you really have the that you feel that there's no like distraction that it's your space and you can really be concentrated on what you do have you shared a studio before I couldn't do that I have tried but it's very difficult I don't like that mm. I need my own space right yeah uh, you also store your art here yeah most of it of course like some this kind of work doesn't take too much space it's possible to store but then I also have like a bigger sculpture for example that I did when I was younger I have just simply destroyed them or gave them away or or like put into pieces and gave the materials away or something because that kind of stuff it's kind of useless to carry around because if you don't have a place for it then it has done the purpose and nobody wants to buy it or have it or something like what's the point so that I have also done that well maybe somebody would buy it eventually yeah but you don't have time yeah. it happens at the time and if it doesn't then it's time to go <laughs> but paintings of course especially when they're like paper based it's much more easier to store and then all the digital stuff is it's could digital. not be any easier than the yeah, digital stuff exactly. yeah yeah do you have many hard drives you know I'm, I'm yeah, gathering have, more and more yeah, of those. I have quite many yeah, for <laughs> different purposes and then some older than already back somewhere. How do you back up your work? Because uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, how do do you have like a number of backups or one? Yeah, or I have or? like for some stuff I have two, for some only one. But the most important, I think, they're in two. Two places. Yeah, yeah. two hard because. Without, yeah, without them they wouldn't exist yeah it's insurance yeah and of course they're online like in Ave Arkien and Vimeo and stuff but who knows what happened to them, to them yeah Ave Arki is the Finnish uh, media art yeah distribution uh, center and they kind of also like to archive media art in Finland maybe we can talk about some of uh, of your places of inspiration what mm. what makes you want to do what you do well I think I could do what I do in ev anywhere that's not the it's not that I need like a, some certain place or space to to be mm. able yeah. but uh, I wouldn't say I love to travel but I like to travel I like to see something new, or put myself in a somewhere that I feel quite free and good when I'm somewhere else in an, some other country. I have never lived officially in another country, but I have spent a lot of time in, in different countries for for a residency or or then. Yeah, I was going to ask you about yeah, the residencies. Yeah, I've been in Greece and Norway and Germany. And then obviously in Bulgaria a lot. So be, being away for months, I think Bulgaria may, maybe spent like two years altogether if I put everything together, but I've never officially lived there. Yeah, but it also feels different if you go for a couple months or... Of course, it's if not... If you go the there for a couple of years. <laughs> of course, in it's one totally go. different thing. I, I don't have the experience of really living mm -hmm. in another country, but I have been observing what it, it can be from from the side yeah yeah and then of course people share yeah of course what their share. experience of being there is yeah but then of course there's places that I I don't have like a I've been raised in the north but I was not born there and I don't have any relatives there I have no like I don't have a home here in Finland that you know you have a home, a like certain that place, house that you yeah, grew up or something. In. Yeah, uh -huh. no, we are, we are never owned a house or anything like. So I've lived around 
different places in Finland and uh, there's no like this kind of strong family connection to any place. But we have this uh, my grandmother's old house in North Karelia and I have spent some summer summers there. I never lived there but through my whole life I've visited there. Year by year it be has become more and more important. In the summer I try to spend as much time there as possible and maintain the place and because it's part of me somehow because I don't have that home that kind of is uh, that is the one yeah. yeah that's kind of something that has always been yeah, yeah in my life and then the nature there is very beautiful and people are quite uh, they're like laid-back people most of them and then then it's uh, I swim there a lot I go to pick up mushrooms it's like Places I can feel that I'm close to the nature really, and that's all there needs to be. I tend not to work there, just to maintain. I just be there. Yeah, yeah. Warm the sauna every well, day. What are some of your some other artists or books or, or movies that have somehow affected you and your work? Well, I have always li listened a lot of music and read books. Nowadays, maybe less reading but I have found the also the audiobooks which are really good when you work or you're going to bed and uh, it would be difficult to and movies yeah sure so uh, it would be difficult to pick like one or two names or something like this but I can like you can pick five or six or yeah ten, it's fine <laughs> well I can like for example say what the like lately been one Austrian author, this Thomas Bernhardt, I had a deep feeling after reading his books. And uh, and the last movie that I watched was the, it's from a couple of years back, this The Painted Bird. It's from the, I don't remember his name, Czech director, which has been made in, in this like a pan-Slavic language. And it's based on this Jerzy Kosinski's this Polish author, his book, what happens after the Second World War. It's pretty, pretty heavy, but really good movie. But I feel like the music is the kind of uh, king of arts. Uh, pretty stupid, but anyway, like because it has the, because it's so connected to your emotions and it goes like it Very affects directly. right away. It, yeah, yeah, it doesn't right waste away. your time. Yeah. <laughs> It's also easily forgotten, but many times uh, when I work, I listen to something instrumental stuff. No vocals. Yeah, it's easier to concentrate. Maybe, but depends on. Yeah, but I also listen to a lot of podcasts or audiobooks or something. It depends, of course, what you do. But yeah, Brian Eno also mm -hmm. like he's quite important figure in that scene of also like mixing with art yeah yeah his stuff yeah some visual artists that you find interesting well yeah they are but back to the art history more I've always liked like Francis Bacon and Lucian Freud paintings there and but there I mean there's so many so many talented people in this world also at this moment also in this country and all over the world it's like yeah yeah difficult to it, pick. of course it depends what moment we catch them yeah there's few paintings from recent times so these are from this series shallow time this one is called my own private toxic masculinization <laughs> <laughs> and we don't like to explain them i i feel like they explain themselves. For me the name of the work is pretty important because it can always add one layer and tells maybe some kind of a story also. This orthodox icon here is interesting. Yeah, religion can be used in many ways and not all of them are very good to justify things. It's pretty dangerous. I have an idea and then I, I might find a, some reference to it like I have this kind of horns, for example, and in that countryside place, and then I took a photo, and then I just like combine things. <laughs> uh, 
this one is called the summer excursion. Kesaretkin Finnish. Something has happened. It looks like the beginning of horror show. Could be uh, a little the the forest is so serene. Yeah, I wanted to catch this kind of summer moment light when it's sun shining brightly from the upwards. This one is called uh, at the sunny beach. This is what people usually do there. Sunny beach is a famous resort in Bulgaria. Where tourists go do, to, to do this. <laughs> to do this, yeah. There's also a and liquidate their brains. Yeah, there's a whole BBC documentary about it. Yeah, and it's not nice. No. This one is called Bloodbath. It's actually the latest. I just finished it yesterday. Bit the same topic than the previous one. People tend to have fun and at the same time destroy all kinds of things. This one is called the Sad Oligarch. He looks very concerned. Maybe he should. Is he one of those that fall from balcony? Uh, I didn't think about that. I thought that he's maybe worried about losing his monies. So yeah, there's three sculptures. This first one is called uh, the Prosperity Theologian's Dream. The one with the golf player is called Proletarian Lobotomy. And the last, the third one is the Young young populist gives you empty promise he's a, a guy who is luring you in a very seductive way yeah he's very good on that they're made from plaster also next one is going to i'll try to make it from ceramics oh and there is somebody else here yeah it's the the whisper whispers from the great goo has a Trump effect on it. <laughs> <laughs> your works uh, have some of them very political note. What is your take on activism? When I hear this concept of activism in art, or I don't feel very strong connection to that, because I don't like uh, many times these type of works are pretty bitten somehow like that it's made for clear like uh, okay this is the right thing to do right way to live right way to think and I feel a bit alienated from that but of course there are certain elements here and I I guess it's like a balance but I don't think that too much when I work or for sure I don't feel like that I'm any kind of activist or try to say something I just do the things that interest me and yeah sure there's some elements but but I don't I wouldn't recall myself as an activist many times that kind of art is pretty boring for me because it's uh, yeah it, it just doesn't answer the questions it just gives you the already thought answers yeah and then then you're you see your work more as a personal commentary of, yeah of yours and not like a yeah this is my vision of the world <laughs>